text me to play by play. Wait, what? I don't watch the game. Your goal shouldn't be to buy players, your goal should be to buy wins. Well, hi, welcome to the fourth episode of the NLS Data Podcast for this 2021-2022 season. Uh, we are glad to be back. Cédric, hi. Buongiorno. Hi, Thibault. Buongiorno. Hi, everyone. <laughs> so, no, we will not speak Italian today. Uh, sadly, we absolutely cannot do that. But um, to wrap our tour of the league, we will talk today about the two teams from Ticino, uh, Embry Piotta and Lugano. So, that's the two teams we have not talked about yet. Two very different teams, as you know, they are built differently, they have different ambitions, and they have different culture, but they found themselves today fighting for the same thing, which is a spot in the pre-playoffs. So really, why is that? Yeah, so we're going to talk about that, but uh, what if I told you before the season that Embry would be in the top five for puck possession this season, and fifth also in terms of expected points. They were 11th last season for reference, so that's quite a big improvement for them this season. And we had a question actually directly leading to this, so it was from Olmo Barbaris. So he, he asked us, given the improvement of the Swiss roster, do you think Embry Piotta has changed his style of play? And if yes, in what way? So Thibaut. Um, yeah, so I think really last season what happened is that Embry they faced a lot of difficulties, right? They, they had COVID, of, of course, uh, they had a lot of injuries. And actually, we talked to assistant coach Rene Matt before the season for our, our, our preview of Embry. And uh, really, he, he told us that because of the missing players, because of the lack of talent, they were really avoiding holding on to the puck too long. They were dumping out of their defensive zone. They were dumping in the offensive zone. They, re they were avoiding to play in the neutral zone at all because they felt that they liked the talent to do so, to play in, uh, in tight spaces. So really, that was, that was something they were looking to improve this summer. And um, that changed with the arrival of uh, Yusoyet. And then, of course, in defense, but also uh, Bowen. Uh, Pestony, of course, and the new imports, uh, Regine, Kozun, uh, No Macmillan, and the return of D'Agostini. So, but I mean, really, I guess you, you quoted like their fifth in expecting goals percentage right now at five on five, and that's really impressive. And that really starts with the defense. Um, Embritz is a team that has a real identity, and they're still for checking the, the offensive zone once the puck is lost, but. I think they're doing it less than before. And so they really are back-checking quite smartly. They are trying to funnel the puck um, toward the board to funnel the players from the other teams toward the puck. They do not get into physical contact in the neutral zone. They, they don't really they try to deny zone entry, but after that, they just close their slots. You know, they, they try to protect their, their net. And by doing that, they are preventing actually quality chances to happen against them. And so they are very, very good against the rush, for instance. Um, they are the best defense in the league against high danger passes also. So they are already protecting against um, allowing very difficult shots. They are protecting their goalies that way as well. And also, well, once deep in the zone, once along the board, it's then good old, good old Embry. Uh, then they get very physical and they try to get the puck back. But they do not uh, forget to get 
you know, to, to protect the center of the ice and they never get outnumbered at center ice, really. Yeah, exactly. And we talked recently to a player and he was saying to us that Embry was very, very tough to play against because they're always on at the edge. Um, mm -hmm. They're playing with the rules and with what's allowed or not. And they're, yeah, they're very complicated to play against. And it really shows in their underlying play this season and in their results. So what about the offensive side of their game? So exits and entries are still not that great, even though they really improve between this season and last one. They are below league average, but it's still better. Um, offensive creation go through rushes and in-zone plays. It's fast, it's messy. Uh, in fact, Eidinger passes are decent, but they excel at doing the, th the simple things. Um, they're the best team for goals with the goalie screen, the best team for goals from the point. So there's really something that defines Embry in terms of uh, playing style. And looking at the team heat map, they just try to crash the net, get close, and see what happens in front of the opposite net. And with a decent shooting percentage, it works enough to be a pre-playoff team, I guess. Next, uh, one point of struggle maybe this season has been the special units and especially the power play. So Thibaut, Thibaut maybe about that one. Yeah, and, and we got actually a question around that, uh, um, also from Olmo Barberis. Um, he was asking, are there any statistics or data that can explain why Embry's power play has gone from 21% to 17% to the current 10% in the last three years? So first, I mean, 10% right now is a bit ridiculous. Uh, for sure, there is uh, underperformance in terms of shooting. But... Otherwise, uh, I mean, the, the power play of Embry has not changed that much. It's a bit of old school, really. There's a lot of point shots, point shots, and point shots, um, which brings the old issue of trusting that you will get deflections and that you will get rebounds too much. And I'll give you concrete data. I mean, this season, Embry has taken 295 shot attempts on the power play, 295, and they scored 11 goals on those 295 short attempts. They were expected for 16 goals, so you see they're missing five. There, there's, there's an underperformance that should bounce back a little. But still, so on 295 attempts, they scored actually just one rebound goal and zero deflection goal, zero. So that's a lot of tries for not much result. And last year, they were really also trusting that those shoots from top of the circles and the points and they had someone calls uh, Julius Nadinen to overperform on those straight shots uh, kind of Alex Ovechkin, Ovechkin style but they don't really have that anymore and I think that's that's hurting them but the system is uh, maybe problematic here so one word on goalies now Cedric so yes, so it looks like this season that Cons is getting the most difficult games, but he actually allowed almost five goals above expectation this season, when Chacho is almost at zero. So maybe for the moment Chacho is the better goalie uh, between the two. Um, yet Cons looks more solid on the ice. His control save percentage is better, but always has been icy is a goalie really good on the first shots 
really set up, but he gets into trouble if he has to move. And on secondary force, you really see that the team is trying to adapt to its goalies, and that's what Ambre really do very well this season. Yeah, and I guess that's that's smart coaching there because they know their goalies and they adjusted their defensive system to ease their goalies' performance. And uh, that's not always the case, but here, I mean, clearly they they have worked around that because last season they were. They were they, they, they were not good defensively, let's say to um, to, to state it. Um, so they really improved on that, and that's helping the team for sure. Um, we had another question from Olmo Barbaris as well. Um, are there any data or measures that can explain the difficulties of Embry's foreign players? That has been, of course, the question in terms of role performance, but. Once, for one thing, D'Agosti and uh, Peter Regin are already on par with projections, actually. They were both projected around 30 points this season, uh, over a full season, and currently they would get 30 if they played 52 games, you know, to compare apple to apples, especially with D'Agostini. So D'Agostini, he needs time to get back to his full self, and he also has suffered from terrible puck luck. So he should get more points soon. And then that, that has started. I think he scored yesterday. Um, so his pack position numbers will help. He's a huge driver on both sides of the eye. He has been, always has been. Uh, Regin is a big possession driver as well, especially offensively. So those guys, I don't know what people were expecting, but they are not the issue right now. No, they're maybe suffering a little bit from puck luck. And this is also the case for Kozun. Uh, if you look at his possession numbers, he's very, very good. Um, but yeah, as the other two, he has had a terrible puck luck. Uh, but the projection is down for sure. Uh, we projected him at 51 points and he's on route for 36 right now. So it's not enough, but... Maybe if he keeps playing the way he has all season long, maybe it will come. Then we have also Macmillan, who was projected at 24 and he's now projected at 26. So no big improvement, but he's playing according to his expectation. And I wonder why they choose to bench either Kozun or D'Agostini recently instead of him. They probably like his north-south style, but that should cost maybe some finishing touch in the roster yeah that's that's obviously a coaching decision and uh, i mean they can swap d'agostini and kozun more easily i guess and that's something we're going to talk about for lugano with car and yuda check as well but uh yeah that's coaching decision that maybe maybe they could improve their finishing that way but they um, so the final import is uh, Yetanen on defense and he is struggling position-wise um, on both ends of the ice. I mean, Embry's actually has better numbers offensively and defensively without him. So uh, that's a bit of a disappointment, I guess. And we also had projecting him at 34 points and he's only on route for 25. So Yetanen is maybe not what Embry was expected. Uh, so we'll see if uh, they improve or they change something, and especially with Foa um, injured right now, so Yetanen gets uh, gets more ice time, and he's uh, Doty as well. And uh, uh, speaking of Foa, he's, he's rumored to be on the out. Uh, he has an out clause for 
end of the year, I think. And this morning, the rumor was to send him to Davos. So what would be the impact uh, of Fora leaving next season, Cédric? Well, I, I think his big defensive presence in the defensive zone is really tough to play against. And uh, he's also quite good defensively. He's, show, he's shown good possession numbers in the last few seasons, so he's quite good there. But I really think if he could miss, well, the team could miss him, um, especially in the offensive zone. He's a big shooter, maybe one of the biggest shooters in the league uh, for defensemen. But maybe that will force uh, Embry to change his playing style because you know they're using their defensemen uh, very much. Maybe one of the top teams in the league in that regard. So maybe they will adapt to, to his departure if he, he goes um, somewhere else as uh, reported today. What do you think? Yeah, you know what? I'm not sure this is really a bad thing for Embry because as you said, um, Foa is one of the biggest shooters in the league. I think is is that I'm looking at right now is 95th percentile for shooting volume among defensemen. Um, if you look at his his hit map, he's just driving shots just by himself from his uh, his right point. But that does not lead to a lot of offense, especially at five on five. And as you said, if he's not shooting that puck the play can continue and maybe move on to a more dangerous location for the team overall. So if without him, they can get maybe less shot volume, but more quality chances, I'm not sure that's a that's a huge blow. Obviously, he's a top four defenseman in the league, but the way he plays is a bit individualistic maybe. So if they can find someone to replace him, that will maybe feed the forwards uh, more directly, does more passing in the offensive zone, that could improve their whole offensive system. Yeah, exactly. And he's probably one of the top salaries uh, in terms of defensemen for next season because he's a Swiss player. And maybe for Embry, it was good to let him go because with the new rules in terms of imports for next season, maybe they will have some real good opportunity on the market. Your goal shouldn't be to buy players. Your goal should be to buy wins. So now, Lugano. So we had Lugano 6 in our season previews. They are currently ninth in the standings and ninth in terms of expected points and in terms of expected that goals for a percentage, I think, or somewhere like that. And things are not going according to the plan for Lugano. And there's a lot to dissect here. So let's start maybe with the five on five play. Yeah, it's been it's been disappointing so far, but the uh, underlying number are what they are. Uh, you said it, they are just ninth for expected goals percentage at five on five. They have the sixth offense and the ninth defense in the league. Um, so if we look separately offensively, it's not going well. And, uh, I mean, they've been terribly unlucky as well to, to add on top of that, but, uh, they have scored around 10 goals less than expected. So, I mean, they should have scored 10 more goals somewhere, uh, this season. So that they will come back. Uh, they have a, a, a ridiculous five on four percent shooting percentage at five on five this season. I mean, they're obviously last in the league. Even Ajwa uh, at twelve, the twelfth place is at six point five. That's one more point uh, over Lugano. So those wins with uh, 
eight goal score recently. I mean, it should keep happening for Lugano in the near future. So they, uh, as they will catch up on regression, uh, positive regression and returning puck luck. But that does not hide the fact that they're just not playing that well. I mean, it was a question mark before the season with the uh, arrival of uh, Chris Maxoli behind the bench. Um, everybody knows Chris Maxoli. And uh, the question was, was he going to play a, a Maxoli style of hockey or was he going to do something a little bit more evolved, you know? And at first, they kind of took the league by surprise. They had a lot of intensity, maybe a bit better preparation than most of the clubs in the league and they were creating tons of shots um even if the league gives them a little push on the shot clock right most of the time but that vanished uh pretty quickly because the thing is with the style they play it's pretty easy to counter for the other teams i mean once the uh the surprise effect is gone um, if we look at the number, I mean, two-thirds of their offensive creations comes from the forecheck or in-zone plays, and just one-third from the rush. Um, so most of the time, they start their plays from deep inside the offensive zone. They are dead last in the league for controls and entries. They dump the punk in 40% of the time, which is the most in the league as well. Um, and so the thing you need to know is that many researches have shown in the NHL or in our own historical database in Switzerland that a dump entry produces half as many shots as a control entry. So you're killing half of your offense by just dumping the puck in. And yeah, sometimes it's a matter of situation because the defenseman is closing on you, you don't have any other choice. But I mean, it's kind of a recurring joke around the league this season when you see Lugano just dumping the puck from their defensive zone and Romano Fall finally managed to score a goal directly on that the other day but that's that's the plan that's just the plan and the thing is Lugano is not even really good at it right now because they are only 11th in the league for recovering their dumps uh, because some of the team they have been using dumps and even Zug has been using more dumps this season but they have among the best recovery rates. They're just pla placing the puck where a teammate is going to get it, you know? And so Lugano, you just feel sometimes just throwing the puck deep in the zone and it's it's a rush to get it and uh, and get it back and try to create something uh, from there. So they are seventh for dump entries leading to a shot, which is so average, below average. And that row number is just 14%. 14% of their dumps have, has led to a shot uh, this season. And the ironic thing is that their control entries, 50% of their controls, control entries have led to a shot this season. So that's 50% versus 14%. Um, and 50% is actually the best number in the league. So when they want to enter the, the zone in control, they are successful. And that works because they have talented players. And finally, in terms of creating quality offense, they are 11th for using high danger passes. Uh, they are last for scoring chances from walking, so players that are entering the slot with the puck on their stick, and last for connecting plays through the Royal Road. And mostly, they rely in fact on chaos situations like rebounds, turnover, etc. So if we take a look at the game they played yesterday against Geneva, um, in this game, 
they had like uh, yeah uh, 10 rebounds so that's quite huge that's a huge way to create offense of course because there are high quality chances but well they're not that much uh, reproducible so it's quite uh, difficult to generate them on a consistent basis but yesterday they were able to do so and they were also able to create uh, more a royal road place than their uh, opponent yesterday. So they created like uh, 1.6 expected goals from such plays. Uh, so maybe with the full roster getting slowly back uh, in Lugano, maybe they will well adapt their the way they create offense, and maybe we will see more and more plays uh, like royal road plays or high danger passes being used. To create offense yeah i'm just checking 10 rebounds in the game that's the best performance this season that okay. we have yeah yeah it <laughs> the, was crazy highest, yeah it's crazy the highest number before was eight uh but in most of the game you can see three or four just to give you an idea so yeah. 10 10 is huge 10 is huge and like they created, I think, three expected goals from such situations. So you see that, well, on average, uh, one rebound creates uh, a third of a goal. So every three rebounds, you should get a goal, yeah. approximately. Exactly. So, but as we say, that worked yesterday, but that's not always the case. So you cannot, according to us, you cannot build your whole offensive yeah. strategy around that yeah exactly and i remember one sequence in the first period where they had uh, one shot followed by three rebounds uh, in like five seconds so you know that's not something that's that happens every game okay so moving on to the players now because i think there's a lot to to say there as well um so we're in a league with clear identities when it comes to style of play and honestly, it's great from our perspective. It's not a copycat league like the NHL. And so Lugano is at one end of the spectrum, let's say. That's their choice. And uh, we think it raises questions. And one of the questions is, is that style maximizing the quality of their roster? So like, Yeah, good question. And uh, maybe I will rebound on uh, Mikel Trigo questions. You know, the hockey manager guru. So he... He asks us, in terms of eye test, the impact of Arco Bello seems to go down. What does the stats about him uh, since uh, he joined uh, Lugano? So if we'll take a look at uh, our winter indicator, Arco Bello has gone from a 3.4 season in 2018-19, meaning he brought 3.4 wins to burn by himself that season. That's absolute elite level. And then he went to 2.4 in 2020 and 2.3 in 2021 uh, in Lugano in his first season, which puts him around the 90th percentile in the league, which is very good. So borderline, not elite, but he's currently worth two winchers. So as you can see, uh, his winter value is decreasing uh, as is aging in fact so he's still a very good player in the top 10 person for shooting or passing in the offensive zone and around the 17th in terms of transition but as i said before age is a factor uh, for sure but um, i really wonder the impact of the system play this season in lugano has on him 
we had him projected at 49 points and he's en route for 43 right now. So it's not a huge drop, but he comes massively from the power play. Uh, 30 points there, uh, 8 points at 5 versus 5 in 20 games is not a lot at all. He had 30 points in 52 games last season at 5-5. So you see the, the gap uh, between both seasons. And because that's where he can really use his skills, playmaking, finding passing lays, etc., moving around the defense. Because at five versus five right now, uh, the Arkell Lugano place is not suited for him, I think. Yeah, because, I mean, they have very good players for sure on, on paper. Uh, Daniel Carr was projected to be the top scorer in the league before the season and obviously has been injured a lot. And he came back, he has six points in six game right now. So you can see uh, the kind of player he is and how producing he can be. So they brought Yudacek uh, in replacement and he could also be the best player in the league according to our projection. He has eight goals in 10 games. Eight goals at five at five on five, I think, or at least seven at five on five. Um, but he's no bench. Uh, he, he, he's benched uh, so Carr can play, and he's benched instead of uh, Josephs or Butker, um, which is a big question, really. And we talked about how Embry is benching Kozun or D'Agostini in favor of McMillan, and it's it's a bit of the same question. Uh, for sure, Daniel Carr and Yudacek have a very similar profile. They're shooters, uh, they're goal scorers. But when you're lacking goals like Lugano and, you know, lacking that finishing touch, why don't you have both? Just have both and make the most out of it. Just just try. Um, and if we're talking about goal scoring, I mean, Luca Fazzini is uh, obviously having a good season. He's fighting points, but mainly on the power play as well. Uh, so but he, he's not the issue there, and I think he's, he's actually has improved his his puck handling, uh, in the way he's transitioning the puck. He's, he's creating way more than before, I guess. He's, he's less a passenger than before. That's great. Um, Michael Butker is, is struggling, and I think because he's not the type of player that uh, fits that, that is the system that uh, Lugano is playing. I mean, he has big body, he's fast, but he is a playmaker, uh, first and, and foremost and he actually ranks near the top 10% in the league in play building in shot assist um, he likes to carry the puck you know in transition enter the zone in control create plays so if you're I mean if you give him the puck he can do something about it if, if he needs to get the puck back from a defenseman that where the issue I think starts so no wonder it does not look at his best right now. He still has 16 points in, in 25 games, 24 games, um, half from the power play. But uh, yeah, I think I think his contract ends at the end of the season and I'm, I'm not sure he's going to stay. Yeah, for sure. And right now, Josephs ranks ahead of Arcobello and Butker in terms of winchers. So that's a bit problematic. I think maybe it comes to playing styles between players that were there before Max Orley and players that have maybe be signed to fit Max Orley's style. So Joseph and Turkov are uh, two good examples of that and they have been good so far. Also, defensemen have been quite good overall. So Leffel has missed quite a few 
games, uh, like I would say 10 games or maybe a, a bit more, but he has been really, really strong, uh, especially since he came back. So he's been good on transition. He's, he's really helping uh, Lugano in that regard. In terms of new player, they got the big contract for Mirko Müller before the start of the season. And uh, for the moment, Mirko Müller is everything they, they hoped for. He's drive puck possession massively. Alatalo is also very good, and some players have been uh, very unlucky so far, with no goals going in, as we said before, and too many goals allowed. Yeah, that, that's the last point. I mean, uh, and just on the defense, I mean, again, on paper, they have a very good top four. I mean, if everybody is, is healthy, uh, that Alatalo, Riva on one side, and Mueller, Lafol on the other side, that's... That's two pair of defense that can play, I guess, over 45 minutes and uh, and then drives the puck. But there's there's something missing, I guess, after that. So, but yeah, goaltending goaltending has been an issue for sure. It's not helping the whole team. Um, Nick Schlegel being injured has, has created kind of a maelstrom uh, for the team, um, and he's not playing at the level he was playing last year when he was one of the best goaltender in the league. Um, as of now, Schlegel has, has allowed five goals over expectations in 11 games. That's that's not good. Obviously, he got a shootout yesterday, so you can see maybe coming back to full health and getting his play together. I mean, it's going to be a huge plus for the team, especially if regression is, is eating them in, in the right direction. Um, so when he was away, I mean, they, they didn't really have a clear backup to start the season. So the young guys had to, to fill in and uh, Thibaut Fallon had the best performance. He just allowed one goal over expectation. Um, so that's still a little bit negative, but honestly, for a young guy, that, that's more than okay. Um, Davide Falani allowed eight goals over expectation in five games. So that's that's a huge difference. And that's actually maybe a couple of points there that are gone for Lugano. And... Um, so at some point, he just decided to sign another goalie, uh, Lee Long Irving. And he played his game. He's allowed three goals over expectations. Uh, had a couple of rough, start, rough starts and some better ones. Um, but otherwise, I mean, overall, that's eight, almost 18 goals allowed over expectations. 18 goals that are gone defensively. And remember, we said they are lacking 10 goals offensively. So that's 28 goals that are missing somewhere from Lugano, just from a puck lock point of view. Uh, that's a huge bullet in the foot for sure. So, but maybe now that Schlegel is back, um, things will get better on the back end. And I guess they will still carry uh, Lee Long Irving as, as in poor player, but just, I mean, they just cannot play him really because if he plays, they need to remove one of the forwards um like Botker or Josephs and they are they already have five imports uh, on the front end so it's maybe more like a quality insurance uh from Irving so I mean I guess if we have to wrap this up it's really a nightmare situation in Lugano right now they have suffered from a lot of bad circumstances injuries uh bad luck on both ends as we said but but honestly I mean we need to keep in mind that the game plan we think is, is problematic I mean with the amount of talent they have, that should be enough to make the playoffs. And now it just should be enough to make the pre-playoff. Um, and I mean, if shooting regression should continues, uh, 
meaning shooting, shooting percentage will improve. They will have some good bounces and puck rollings for them and goalie will improve. So they will wheel some games they're not supposed to win, for instance. Um, so currently, I don't know for you, Cedric, but I have them ninth to end the season, but beating Bern in the pre-playoffs to reach the quarterfinals where they will lose in the quarterfinals against Duke. Yeah, I've... I have them eighth, just in front of Burn. So we just inverted the two teams, but yeah, I've got them in the pre-playoffs too, and they have like uh, yes, six person to get into the top six. So that's quite a low probability uh, at half of the season. So yeah. So as you mentioned yesterday's game against Geneva, they maybe think will improve and they will change some stuff. So with everybody healthy, and uh, there will be an interesting situation to watch in Lugano. Okay, so that's it for the Ticino teams. Uh, thanks, Eric. I think we will post the uh, the script of that episode uh, as an article online because there was a lot of stuff. Obviously, with only two teams, we were able to get deeper into uh, into how their those teams are playing. Um, not sure what will be the subject of the next podcast, but we'll try to get back uh, sooner than before. Yeah, and if you've got ideas, don't hesitate to shoot them and uh, we'll see if we'll cover the, the questions or the, the, the points that you want us to talk about. All right, see you soon. See you soon, bye.